Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Fitty the Fitty. It's Fitty! Fitty Wap! Fitty Fitty! It is fitting that we end our time off from Thanksgiving and Jillian's birthday and the holidays with uh, an episode that is already supposed to be uh, online for people to be able to listen to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you all up. if you're listening to this. Thank but you. Let's be honest. This time of year, you're not our priority. <laughs> we have other things going on. It is November twenty sixth, Sunday, November twenty sixth. Yes. Twenty twenty three. And if you're new here, we own a lot of movies, and we watch those movies, and we're married. And we talk about that as well, and. But that about sums it up. There That's you all you need. To know. All you need to know. Um, we've had quite a week here in uh, Casa de Mullet. We sure have. As we talked about uh, last week, kind of on last week's episode, because last week's episode was just an absolute uh, shit show in terms of us just arguing and, and venting each other's lives on one another, basically. Uh, and of which I remembered that um, I'm not supposed to... Uh, say anything negative about you on this episode, so I'm trying my best to. Oh, that's right. Do those, yes. Um, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, that's an interesting wrinkle here. So from that to now, we we've had quite uh, quite an ordeal. Uh, it was Thanksgiving, which is 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 a, an undertaking in and of itself, cooking the big bird and the big. Meal and everything. Meal and having all the family and stuff mm-hmm. over. But the day before Thanksgiving was Jillian's seventh birthday. So she had like her third party essentially. Because yep. we already talked about the party which she had with uh, classmates and peers. And then I believe we talked about going to Disney World, right? We had already recorded. I don't remember. Did we talk about Disney? I don't remember if we did or not. If not, we went to, if not, we went to Hollywood Studios. Uh... Last weekend, it was great. Uh, with our friends the Reals for their son's birthday, and then also for Jillian's birthday, and had an amazing time. And got to do most of the rides. Fucking rides of resistance, is fucking clutch. Um, had a great time, and then immediately the next day had your family arriving, and then two days later my mother arrived, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's just it's just a lot. Uh, but all things considered. I think we came out pretty unscathed, right? We we managed to do. Yeah, I think so. I think I think we uh, had a pretty good time. Yeah, we we did we did well. Jillian had a great birthday. Um, we did our traditional hibachi trip. We went to an escape room and had a fun there and had a nice uh, escape. Nice, yep, we were out and had a, a nice meal there. Um, we did a little Black Friday shopping. 
last minute. Slightly, slightly. Slight, slight Black Friday shopping. I'm, it's the, all the rest of our shopping basically is being done online now. Uh, Much it, to your discontent. Yeah, you know, I'm getting used to it. Um, and we are currently totally overloaded in things to watch and to do. Uh, we spent today yes. decorating the house for Christmas and did a, a very nice job. It's already feel very festive. We're staring at our brand new tree and our brand new star right now uh, in our living room as we sit here on the couch. And that sign is a, it is crooked. It I is. I think a, it's a little, you, you gotta redo the the nails, I think, well, on it. Yeah. I've been staring at it and I've been, I've been waiting to, to tell you. On a recorded medium? Yeah. Page. Absolutely. I will. I will get right on that, babe. I will. I will. Right now. Well, no, no. I, we are doing a podcast right now. When the episode's over, I will. I will proceed to do that. I look forward to telling you again on Christmas Day that it's still crooked. And that's why I like about you so much is that you keep me on my toes. We... This is gonna be the hardest thing you've ever done ever in your life. We. Today watched Home Alone one and two and we Mother did. Christmas Carol. We did, yeah. Uh, I've already Start watched. off the season. I've already watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with my mom when you were with your family uh, earlier in the week, and as I was wrapping Jillian's birthday presents, and my mom fell asleep through most of it. Uh, we've already watched most of Elf as well because it was just on TV. There's so we're just on. we're, just we're banging on all the hits. We just got to really hit all like the holiday specials um, and the episodes of things that we like and a couple of other classics, and we're, we're, we're good we're to go. We're rocking and rolling. Um, which is good, because like I said, we're behind on watching a lot of stuff. We're in the midst of Oscar season. That did not stop us from going to the movies uh, twice over the past week to watch three movies. We will start with the one that we all watched together on Jillian's birthday. We went and saw Wish, Disney's uh, newest film, the one that's supposed to celebrate their past hundred years and kind of tie it all together. We went as a, as a whole family for Jillian's birthday. And uh, I... And Jillian loved it. Jillian thought it was great. And we are listening to the music constantly. Constantly, because that's what she does. Uh, so Jillian liked it. There was a, I liked it. And you liked it as well. I think you two are the minority. Well, look, I liked it. <laughs> Both Look, in terms of the family not, and in terms of critics. It's not. It's no Ariel, right? It's no. It's no Little Mermaid. It's no Beauty and the Beast. No Aladdin. I would. I would but, say it's not even like the Hunchback of Notre Dame or uh, no. It's better than the, the Aristocats no. or something. Well, no, the Aristocats is a really yeah. good movie. I did not like it at all. I thought it was very. Uh, very emblematic of all of Disney's problems as of late. It was just this very mm-hmm. produced, down to a T, meticulous, trying to check boxes in terms of appeasing people. And sure, it had totally uninspiring and uninteresting music. The story was an absolute mess. Uh, it just was boring. It just was an awful slog to get through, even at 90 minutes. And it still had, like, this yearning and want to be something bigger than what it was. And, like, had this meta-ness to it and tried to, like, tie in and make sense of, like, Disney films of the past. And while having its own story, it just sucked. It was not very good. Uh, Disney, to me, is on a really, really big schneid. That oh, I, now, that's, now that's your new yeah, word you're using? I don't know when they're going to get off of it. So, wish was not for me. And by most of uh, the box office, 
Uh, not many people's, because it debuted number three this weekend behind Hunger Games, staying in the top spot, and Napoleon. Uh, but those were the other two movies we watched. The other two movies we watched, uh, we went uh, yesterday, from when we were recording this. Did a mullet double feature, but we split up because I was insistent on doing it. Uh, you and Jillian saw Trolls Band Together. We did. And I cannot tolerate that tomfoolery, so I went to go to see the long-awaited uh, trailer come to life of uh, Thanksgiving. So we'll start with you. What did you think of a Trolls Band Together? Look, it was a good time. Uh-huh. Good time. Some good music. Uh, probably, I mean, and it was nostalgic for me, right, with like in sync and... They did a good job of doing a lot of jokes that were for the adults, but overall, my probably my least favorite Trolls movie. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was a good time. Jillian liked it. Again. That's all that matters to me. All that matters. All that matters. Uh, Thanksgiving was a total hoot. I, I had a blast. Uh... Everything he kind of wanted, it recognizes it's this B-level horror movie. You know, it, it had some of the highlights from the trailer, had some of its own unique and interesting things to go along with it at the same time. I uh, was a little disappointed with like the last like five to ten minutes of the movie, and I thought it was extremely rushed and kind of out of nowhere. Um, but the journey to get there was just a, a, just a sheer delight, and also had some things to say as well. Which is not what you'd expect from an Eli Roth horror movie about fucking Turkey Day. Hmm. But I I dug it and I look forward to you seeing his books. I think you good, will like good, it. Good, good, good. So, uh, hopefully, by the next time we record, we'll have been able to, I'll be able to bang out a couple more things. Very uh, excited to see Rustin on Netflix. That'll be coming out shortly. We are desperately trying to watch the Please Don't, Dest- Please Don't Destroy movie. And Good Burger 2, both of which I've gotten very good re- uh, responses about from people whose opinions I trust. And we're still trying to knock out some of the other things we were watching with Jillian. So um, you'll notice we switched the schedule a little bit because we watched this movie um, late, earlier last week to fit into the calendar better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for us to try to watch Batman with Jillian this week. Because obviously she's going to be able to watch that movie. And I want her to watch that movie with us. Um, and it just fit better timing wise. Because she was already going to be staying up late. Already later than what she was. We couldn't tack on another two hours. To it. So yeah, instead we watched a my nominated movie. For some fucking reason. Uh, we watched Demolition Man. Which is part of an action double feature here. With Over the Top. And I will read the back of the box now. Stallone. Hands-on hero for the future as well as today. Oh, do I only have to read the part up to it tackles over the top in the second part? I only have to tackle the first part, right? Yes. Okay, good. When master villain Simon Phoenix, Wesley Snipes, emerges from decades in cryo prison, he finds a serene society of 2032 ready for the taking. To stop him, officials turn to a cop, Sylvester Stallone, doing time in cryo because of an earlier run-in with Phoenix. But when he thaws out, what? It's and when he thaws out. You said but when he thaws out. And when he thaws out, the action heats up. Sandra Bullock co-stars in Demolition Man, the most entertaining futuristic action film since the original Terminator. Says Ralph Novak, people. So one. That sucks. Stupid. 
Um, so I mentioned when we, when I nominated this several weeks ago, I had another 1993 anniversary plan in mind and pivoted towards, you know, the action legends of their time, their big 93 movies, which both, you know, are pretty notorious and underperforming. This one, not so much of a a bomb as the last action hero because it was removed from the summer slate. What are you doing? I'm looking at the movie list. <laughs> can, can we... Okay. Um, and that just got, like, steamrolled by Jurassic Park. Yes. Whereas this was later, so it didn't, you know... It wasn't up against It that. wasn't up against mm-hmm. it, but it's still, like, critically, you know, didn't do... It did actually do better than Last Action Hero, critically as well. It just was, you know, not some other Stallone movies. But still, it's kind of in like the, the, the zeitgeist, if you will. I've been on record as saying I'm not a big fan of this movie. Whereas you are the exact opposite. Big fan of this movie. How can you not be a big fan of this movie? This movie is absolutely ridiculous in... So many ways. And it's just a jolly good time. It's a jolly good time. I agree with you until you get to the jolly good time part. It is, it is an absolute ridiculous movie. This movie is swinging wildly. It does. And what it, it is going for. Sometimes it hits. Sometimes it misses. I think it misses 85% of the time. Really? But I can, upon this viewing, when I actually sat down, because normally, I think I've probably seen it two or three times before. And you're just doing other stuff. Every, yeah, like, it's, and every time I stop, I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, this is, it's just not, there's just a lot of scenes and choices that, to me, make for a grading time that it's never as clever or as cool as it thinks that it is. And instead, Mm -hmm. it kind of falls into this overwrought, totally baseless mess that has some stuff that I'm just like, that's a really, really bad thing. There are a couple things where I I love movies where it's displaying... Or coming up with his own vision of the future, and like they pan I liked out, that. like like this movie, yeah. you know, it, it's it's sad how accurate so much of this is between like food delivery and video calls, like like yeah. we we got that stuff, yeah, yeah. But then know, it has other things figured out. But then it's like you know, at what cost, right? Is this yeah. is this utopian society? Yeah. The juxtaposition between that and like the underground, right? Um, who who makes the the rules and the laws and, and all of that. Um, but then some of the things like the self-driving cars and, uh, you know, the morality fines and things like that. Let me just say, Chris, if that was our future, <laughs> if that was what the year 2032 was going to be like. We would be underground you, because we, I'd be destitute. And what- yeah, we would have no, we would have, we would have to sell all of our belongings. 
Yeah, but I think the way that society is, no one would want any of my toys. No, Sandra Bullock would. Oh, true. So I better hope that she's got Only millions her. of dollars. Well, to yeah, as, pay a, as off a as a deputy, my potty mouth. lieutenant cop. I think my biggest problem with this movie is that it's so '90s in the worst way possible. Like this is like is this movie 90s. is such a microcosm of the '90s in terms of it being brash and noisy and largely nonsensical. Like like the, this story makes sense. It's odd. It's you know yeah, it makes sense. The, bad guy went. Bad guy went frozen. Came back. The only person who stopped him is the good guy that we froze because a bad guy framed him. And society's totally different. And it's fish out of water. Yeah. But absolutely. But like and then they're going to have sex with their minds. <laughs> it's great. And everything that happens in between there, though, is just... I think it's a very bad script. I, I don't know. Who, who wrote this movie? Is this somebody who I recognize? Written by three people who I do not know. Um, ah, that, that group. Yeah. Uh, it's just very wordy and very bad. And it... it they're, they just hired a bunch of people that aren't equipped to handle. I think the premise and, like, what this movie was trying to accomplish, I think it's a great idea. It's just the tone. Conceptually. Conceptually, it, 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 would, it's, it, sh- it's, it could work. It could, absolutely. But the tone of it is just wretched because at the drop of a hat, we are just basically quipping back and forth on every little difference or change from, you know, John Spartan's life before going in cryo and now where he, where the world is in 2032. And then you have Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt and fucking uh, Warden from Shawshank and all the, you know, all these other people, you know, trying to combat that. And most of the time, what they're combating it with just doesn't work. It's It, it feels... So, it feels like a facsimile of what the world is mm. to a fault. Like, they're obviously trying to put on, like, well, this is what it would be like if we t- took away the violence and the sex and yada yada. And, like, gosh, right. golly gee, they, everyone's favorite song is the Armor Heart Dog song. Like, it, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty. They take too many swings in too many directions. But I mean. If they focused on a couple, I think, like, it could have hit better. But, 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 but then it's not. Because what, what year did this movie come out? 1993. 1993. It's not drastic enough if they only did one or two things. It's not a drastic enough no. shift if they only do one or two. And it's not as stark of a contrast. You have to go full tilt on it but when you or go, it's not as effective. But when you go full tilt, you have to make sure that a couple of those things hit. And they all are odd and they all are kitschy, but none of them really hit to me. And when they don't hit, they the script follows it up with just exposition dumps as to why that's what's happening. And that just makes it choppy and not enjoyable to watch. Like if you just had it assumed some things that were, were different mm-hmm. that were happening and not like blatantly telling us or when you are blatantly telling us because you have to, at least make sure that you're getting that laugh or make sure that you're hitting that emotion you want to hit. And in this, okay. a lot of times just right. with this weird indifference, it doesn't help that you have Sylvester Stallone reacting to it. But honestly, I'll also go ahead and say I originally wrote him down as one of my LVPs and ultimately he's not 
the LVP for me. I don't think he's the MVP, but I think he actually does manage to portray some of like the comedic agony of the world that's around him in a few moments really, really well. Oh yeah, yeah. I but think it's he, but it's when those it's are fleeting. few and far those it's are fleeting, fleeting, exactly. The other moments where like he's trying to deal with it or trying to figure it out, they just go on way too fucking long. Like the scene where he first comes back, like that is a surefire worst of the year candidate, just in terms of like him reacting to everybody the fucking seashell thing, wiping his, like, saying shit to get citations so he can wipe his ass with them, and, like, how he's, how everyone around him, whether it be Rob Schneider, or Roger Predactor from Ace Ventura, or whoever else is, or Bill Cobbs, who actually was future Balrog, Grand Al Bush, um, like, all of it just doesn't work, because there is a serial murderer on the loose and yeah. they're just taking five to ten minutes to golly gee it all. And it's, yeah. it just doesn't work. But I have, I have a question while yeah. you're like talking about all of that. Because during that, too, there was also, like, you know, name calling and things like that. And someone called him... So, somebody made a reference to Rambo. Yeah. Oh. And so, uh-huh. my quite And I know we talked about this on one of the most recent episodes that we did um, about another movie. And... You know what? What was canon in that universe? Mm-hmm. And so, who is? So if Rambo exists in this universe, and Sylvester Stallone played Rambo. Well, it's funny. Last Action Hero really tackles this. Oh, it does. <laughs> well, because yeah, you, I've you, never you, seen Last Action Hero. So Last Action Hero, so to I don't me know. at least, does the kind of the meta ness much better. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there is a direct reference in that movie. Got because it. in that movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I believe, does exist, but Jack Slater is like the actor that's playing the character that comes out. Got it. Got so it, there got is it, a mo- there is a moment in the movie where a typical it's, it's... a typical Arnold character is portrayed by somebody else. Got it. Okay. So it, it is okay. addressed. But no, trust me, I wrote that down just like in this movie. There's the comment, there's like the conversation that him and Sandy B have in the car that Schwarzenegger's president, which that's another creepy one that almost that, like fucking yeah, that's rolled fucking into existence. Yeah, that's creepy as well. Like, but like, it wasn't, the difference is, what I was referring to for Last Action Hero is kind of like a throwaway. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a quick, almost like Zucker Brothers style sight gag, and you just move on from it. That conversation about Arnold in the car, that lasts like 90 seconds. Yeah, like, yeah. They no. really break down they like... They went in on it. There was an amendment that got him to do it, and then he chose to do this, and Sly has to be like, oh, how about that? Same thing with later on in the movie. The original uh, person that Stallone wanted for Simon Phoenix, did you see who he wanted? They wanted Jackie Chan. Oh, yes. Kind of his, his like big American you know, action debut. Cause I don't think... By that point, like Rumble in the Bronx, everyone had started. He had done like Cannibal Run and other things, but you know he was still known as an icon overseas. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to do it, cause, you know, the coming over and being a villain. He didn't want to get typecast. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I get it. But when Sandy B has the fight scene with Stallone, he's like, "Where'd you learn that from?" She's like, "Jackie Chan movies," and he's like, mm, "Nice." It's, it's, there's way too many like there's a lot winks of, and nods yeah. when there's already so much of that having to be done within the society and the world that the movie is actually entrenched in. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, they were some good swerves, you know, introducing those things. Cause you didn't think that they were going to go there. How so, many? so it was very good. Uh, 159. It's low for me. Of, of, of them. No, I mean, well, like several of them were like the seashells. Like, how do those work? So let's. Like, so I don't. How do those work? Though, so let's, like, let's talk about this real quick. So there are three shells. Is it also for women? I guess I would assume. I, so did yeah. we see? Did we see him or them in a general bathroom, or did we only ever see no. them in a men's room? I think it was just a men's room, but yeah. I'm assuming it's also. There are three for women. shells of the same size, I guess. or varying size. They're kind of lined up. Yeah. So three shells. So obviously, obviously, like you shake your thing when you pee. So it's not like for pee. So it's for poo. So like you like poo on the shell, and how do you? I don't know. Like do you like you shit into the toilet and take the shell and, and like, like try to like scoop around your butthole, scrub your butthole for it, and then what? But why are there three of them? I guess in case you need to like just in case. <laughs> And then what? Like then I, what do you I wipe do? like three or four times. But then with a what bunch do you do with the shell? I guess then you just wash it. In the sink? I don't. I don't know. This is confusing. Uh, swerve. I would not ever poop in the. Future. Oh yeah, swerve. I'd be dead because I, I would just implode with feces. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not using shells. You to know, wipe to my do ass. Um, do you have a favorite scene or a favorite part of the movie? Um. I really like, like, really stupid ones, just because it brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the fights, like, in the, what is it, in the museum. Was it the museum? And then they're in the armory. Yep. And then he's, like, they're fighting, he falls through the floor, and then he falls on the car. So I will say... I like that scene. I like the Taco Bell, the introduction of Taco Bell as the only restaurant. I, I, all the thing I wrote was Taco Bell surviving. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> like yeah, like Bell They are the, the cockroach of fast food. Yeah, like, absolutely. if anything lasts, it's going to be fucking Taco absolutely Bell. Absolutely. They so. actually did a pop-up, I believe, several years ago as their, like, Taco Bell 2032, like, version of themselves. Uh-huh. In, like, honor of this movie. And I thought that was pretty cool. Very cool. Um... See, it's funny you mentioned the action. I think that's one of my big, another one of my big takeaways that I didn't like in this movie. A lot of the action scenes for me are just kind of meh. Like, it's kind of hard to follow what's happening. I don't think they were necessarily shot well. I think that's the problem. Because I think that you have Sylvester Stallone, big action star. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look. Wesley Snipes, big big action action star. star. Black belt karate. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, they, they had problems with how good he was right. at the fight scenes because like he was too did, fast for them. And they didn't know and how I, to film it. So I think that's what I would attribute it to more. So taking that away, I find a lot of joy and value in those scenes. Like I don't fault them for I do. I don't I don't fault I don't fault Sly and, and Wesley for No no, no I, I don't fault them. I fault kind of what they were put up. To do right, like it's not, but like they were just trying to do what they because even even beyond like the fight scenes, like some of the other action pieces where like they're having shootouts or they're chasing one another or whatever's you know devolving around them, it just didn't really hold my interest, and that's the one thing that I feel like a movie like this I should be able to fall back on and dig is that stuff, and I don't do it Mm. in this movie at all. Um, 
And, that, and that's saying something because within the first two minutes of the movie, Sylvester Stallone bungee jumps out of a helicopter screaming Phoenix and just starts shooting people in midair. That's as hot of a start of an action movie as you can yeah, really that's get. That's pretty true. And like, that should be an immediate, like, 8.5, uh, score wise for me. If the movie can just even maintain half of that momentum, but it fucking doesn't. It because, doesn't, yeah. Because then they go into cryo sleep, and then we just get Sylvester Stallone in a plastic ass shirt. Finally, over the credits, and then you get to see way too much of his butt, and I think butt. kind of his balls too. Oh yeah, I definitely saw his balls. And look, definitely saw his balls. I don't need that in my life at any point. I mean, it's fine, but I um I also liked the underground scene with the burger and the rat stuff, burgers, rat burgers and stuff. I like that too. Just those kinds of things I liked. It was okay for me. Where it kind of crossed the line, it would kind of get into performances later because then it just totally shifted into something that I was like, this isn't is this vacant. It basically just gave Dennis Leary an opportunity just to do his stand-up. Yeah, bit. just to be done. And I was like, what? This, this doesn't mesh well. Um, I do have to say, because we've been dropping names like crazy, what a fucking cast. Like, this movie just is like a murderer's row of just people. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Because, of course, we said the, the four primary people thus far. But you also have Bob Gunton, who is best known as uh, the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. You have the guy who played, I don't remember the actor's name, but he plays Roger Pedactor in Ace Ventura. You have Bill Cobb. You have Benjamin Bratt, a young Benjamin Bratt. You have Rob Schneider. You have Otho. Otho. Glenn Shaddix himself from Beetlejuice. Uh-huh. You have Dennis Leary. Uh, Jesse Ventura. You have so many others. They're just like, yeah, that fucking that guy. The captain from Lethal Weapon is the captain lot. earlier on in the movie. A lot of people. And then Nigel Hawthorne as well. Uh, so the cast, for the most part, I feel like does their best. They're just let down by other things. Like, another thing I haven't mentioned, the soundtrack in this movie is atrocious. Not often, like, I'm able yeah. to like pinpoint something like that I don't like. This is the Casio keyboard from hell. They just set it to urban 90s and then added some sound effects to Honestly, it. Honestly, phased it out. It was is not, that, like, and, and that's not something that you should do because, no. mu- like, the soundtrack and the music should enhance it, as we've talked about on other episodes. Like, I think it's a really integral part of the movie. Um, but, yeah, they did not live up to it. They didn't spend any of their budget on music. No. You know, and, and I think... It could have been so good if all they did, but all they did was jingles. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like those jingles. The and stuff. scene where like Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock are singing the Armor Hot Dog song yeah, in the they car, could have and Sloane's like, "I'm like, kill me!" Like it's, yeah, it's. You could have done so much more. You could have done. I can think of so many songs from like the late '80s, early '90s that you could have done. Well, but the whole but, point was like those things are against what like the new society's about. Sure. I, I think the biggest wasted opportunity in this movie is what ultimately the rise and fall of Cocteau, the Nigel Hawthorne character, because he's really kind of the big bad of the movie. Yeah. In terms of like what his aims and goals are in bringing Phoenix back and trying to like snuff out this undercurrent of rebellion from his quote-unquote perfect society. He's very, like, Ozymandias type thing. Yes. Um, they fucking, uh, 
telegraph it immediately because it's like, hmm, who's the British guy in Simon's ear that's, you know, making him do this? Oh, this character we immediately meet afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like, they could have done something, like, changed there the voice. There could have been a or, swerve. Yes. They could have swerved it. And, I mean, it was a swerve still that mm-hmm. he was behind it, but it could have been a big, it could have swerved a swerve. And that's, you know, that's a double swerve. The, the rare double swerve. But I liked his pres. I like when you have that puppeteer, overarching, even if it can be a little cliche at times, all-powerful white guy, you know, with his ulterior motives and means, especially if I really like Nigel Hawthorne's performance. I thought, I thought he, along with one other person, really got the hamminess of their character in the world well. Mm. And I think he did that while also being kind of foreboding and serious and intimidating. And then he is I didn't like that hat he wore. (laughs) I'm not... The hat has nothing to do with the performance. Uh, That's the costume designer. Uh, But then he just has the most anticlimactic fucking death ever. Like, it's not even Spartan. It's just Phoenix is like... Done with the use for him. He just has his henchmen shoot him because he can't do it. They just throw him in a fire and that's it. And like there's never a a marking or like Spartan never gets his moment for it. There's moments earlier on that don't feel earned. Yeah. I would agree with that. And it just feels like a wasted opportunity based off of... You know what else feels like a wasted opportunity? What? Well, no, finish your sentence. Just based off of everything that they were kind of building up for that character. Mm. It's also a wasted opportunity that the only sex scene we got was a through a headset. I I don't want to see Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock have sex. <laughs> that's I mean, I guess that's a good point. That's as much as we could take of that. It was creepy for many different reasons, but it was creepy because as I was writing how I liked they had they had this weird chemistry this weird about chemistry them. Because Sandra Bullock was just like this Oh, like pu- puppy dog fan. Puppy dog fan, and but like... she also like an infant, almost like emotionally and mentally, based on like the society she's yeah yeah raising. And John Spartan is you know is, like this tough. So it's just a look. Yeah, yeah, tough um, and, and aged battle. They also make you feel really uncomfortable the first couple times they talk because there's this looming fear, not fear, but there's this looming conversation about Stallone's daughter in the movie, right? Oh, yeah, right? man. I thought he, that was going to be the daughter. Oh, and then I've seen sex. this movie twice, and I've like, I'm pretty sure she's his daughter, and this is like Luke and Leia or Marty and his mom all over again, and I just don't remember it. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just, it, that is an honest-to-God MacGuffin, in that it, you, you never meet her. Yeah, it was a big swerve. It was a big swerve. He doesn't have, don't try to fucking... What? <laughs> can't, I'm giving... Be nice. Um, <laughs> that sign's still crooked. <laughs> it's yours, and I'll fix it soon. <laughs> How hard is this for you? Oh, it's agonizing. Um, they have their rapport back and forth with him trying to teach her how to swear or try to how to live his way. And he and, and she's trying to teach him about the society yeah. and, like and they, all they, that. They they play and... off each other pretty well. And I'm like yeah. this kind of work this movie, if I can give it, it credit for works. something. This movie grows on you 
in its own awful and careless way. Yeah. It, it, it wears. How can you not like it? It wears. You, it wears you, you down. Like it. it wears you down. This movie is the Samantha <laughs> of movies. And then it reaffirms itself in things like the the VR sex scene because like that just it's just so poorly done. It's so poorly acted. It, it looks How like shit. How would you act I, if you I were having a VR sex I wouldn't have written it or put it in the movie. Uh, was I would have done. I would have I would have come up with a more clever way to display it to the audience. But I don't want to see Sylvester Stallone like rolling his eyes in his head and trying to fake nut with a visor on. That's just weird. <laughs> um, and this is early Sandy B. So like you know like yeah she's uh, hot. She's also been playing like essentially an immature person that I don't even feel like she's of appropriate age to do anything. Um, so yeah, so that whole scene totally ruined the credit I was going to give the two of them for. I didn't like the scene. And that scene almost gave me a seizure as well because it was just like Like, not easy on the eyes with the flashing colors and and like, you know, bodies moving. Yeah. Also, can I ask this question? We're talking about hypotheticals and Uh the world we're living in. We asked about seashells. Um, Sandra Bullock's character mentions like, oh, well, we can't physically do anything. Yeah, no, no. We can get AIDS or... We can get AIDS or NRS or UBT. I'm like, what the fuck are those things? Other sexually transmitted If they're listening to the same thing as AIDS, what happened where we have something called NRS and UBT? Yeah. That sound, those, those, no thank you. Um, The only thing that I actually found funny throughout the movie as a recurring bit was Stallone and sewing. Oh my (laughs) God. Like, that is funny. Like, that's hilarious. Like, like that's his redemption. so frustrated that his rehabilitation is just being able to sew. Yeah, like, that's hilarious. And they do it in a really well underhanded way where, like, they, I forget what context it is later on, but they're like, oh, my God, can you fix it? And he goes, actually, pretty quickly with a needle and thread. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, they went back to the well just in a, a, just a good enough. amount of times. Yeah. That, like, I like that. Um... But those were kind of few and far between to me. I also didn't really like the ending of the movie. Number one, it, I felt like it was a T2 ripoff. It's like, oh, we got to free somebody and, you know, and then kick their head off or, yep. you know, do whatever. It felt anticlimactic even for Simon Phoenix's character. And then Benjamin Brad's just cursing. He's part of the... Yeah, he made the switch. That was a big swerve. He was this uptight one. And then he swerved. He went over to that side. Um, Everything's all hunky dory. By Dennis Leary's character, fucking Bob is Bob has literally been supporting both villains throughout the entire course of the movie, and he's just gonna get off totally fine without even a slap on the wrist. Yeah, because it's because it's Otho. It's just Otho, and he just that's he just gets by that way. That's just what Otho does. Yeah, I didn't like the ending of the movie, just in terms of like how it was just like nice and neat, wrapped up on a bow, and we're gonna work together and well. It just, I, I don't know. I guess that's how it, it is in the future. Um, the only other thing I have to just have to reference, and this is, uh, I didn't put two and two together until I watched this now, because I haven't watched this movie since the other thing kind of came to my brain. Um, but anytime there is a, uh, uh, somebody loses their life, it's called a murder-death kill, an MDK. Yeah, MDK. Um, 
Murder, death, kill. And that has taken over in the world of independent professional wrestling oh, over the it? past several years. Why is it at, that everything relates to independent well, in this professional case, it's something wrestling? specific because it is uh, one of the more popular deathmatch wrestlers out there. His name is Nick Gage. He, he worked for the AEW for one match against Chris Jericho several uh, years ago. Um, he is a former felon who went to jail for armed robbery at a bank. Um, and he's turned his life around and is cool. now one of the most popular indie wrestlers in the world. Um, and his group That's is cool. called the MDK Gang, Murder, Death, Kill All Day. <laughs> and I was like, wait, fuck, is that where this is from? I thought he just did it because that's who the fuck he is. No, but apparently Nick Gage got MDK all yeah, day yeah. from, from Demolition Man. And yeah, I never yeah. knew it. Big Demolition Man fan. And it just annoyed me even more. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, Nick Gage is like Demolition Man. That kind of makes sense. He probably thinks it's such a deep and thought-provoking movie. And it's not. Um, we're, so we are nine years away yeah. from that, that world. None of that shit's going to no, happen. Well, I mean, we, some of the stuff we have, because it, you know we have video calls, like I said. And we have, you know easy phone uh, easy food delivery but like is there anything else from this movie that you saw I'm like oh, where the fuck when's that coming or what's the three the- seashells <laughs> no um I mean we we kind of have like self-driving cars we have that yep. kind of right yep. like they're still like in the in the uh testing it out phase I guess like mm-hmm. it's not like widely used mm. uh I guess the population control that they have, uh, moral citations, the chips in everyone. I don't want any of. I don't want that future. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm really good with all of, you know. I'm curious when, like in our lifetime, are we going to see anything, in terms of a massive shift. Well, is there anything left for us to experience? That's a, an interesting question because there, you know, there's a lot of like utopian societies yeah. like this one, right? Like movies or, or books, literature, pop culture that depict, you know, the utopian society, and then you have the ones that depict like the dystopian society, yeah. like the Hunger Games and how we get there and stuff like that, and then you have. Um, you know, like the zombie apocalypse right. theories and living in space. I think that out of all of these things that have been like in flux, um, the most likely one would be space. Um, but but See, I, I think... feel like we're still so far off from yeah, not in our lifetime being able to yeah, like live. Like on the Enterprise or whatever. I would the say case the two is. closest things that we had in terms of like a societal shift in our in our thirty some years would be technology with like the internet mm-hmm. and like connectivity, and then the pandemic and how you know we had to adapt and change our lives to basically. Yeah, you know, but you'd have to have a. Like, this was a global pandemic. Oh, sure. But it would have to be ten times as devastating as Oh, COVID. sure. Yeah, and yeah, It would have to impact not just, like, the livelihood. It would have to impact... The infrastructure of Infrastructure, everything. drinking water, food sources, yeah. different things like that, in order for it to trigger a change to oh, something sure. like... 
But that's what I'm saying. Is. is like those are the closest things we've had in almost yeah. 40 years. Yeah. You figure, you know, in 100, 150 years, we've had, you know, whether it be like civil rights and, you know, nuclear war, uh, you know, things, things like that that can really yeah. like, you know, shape. I don't think we'll have anything like that by the time we, I, I don't even know if I want to. Like, I, I do if they were very, very positive things, but I don't foresee that happening in the, right, the world right, of yeah, we, yeah. we have. So, um, so yeah, maybe this movie does, you know, kind of nail things a little bit more than I thought they would. So, uh, let's get into performances, MVP and LVP. Um, you already talked about Stallone not being either, I don't I, think. I don't think he's either. So, I wrote him right away for LVP, and I was like, you just have to. Because especially like the early part of the movie, when he's like Spartan back in the day, just it just felt like a very phoned in Stallone, you know, Stallone performance. Uh, and even when he kind of like initially came back and they're interviewing him, but like once he settled, like I said, into this agonized but trying to learn the way. Mm-hmm. I thought Stallone has always been an underappreciated comedic performer. And I think he gets it well here, and he does enough where like he's not either. Um, where do you want to start? I think MVP is easy. I think MVP is the easy. It's Wesley Snipes. It's absolutely yeah. Wesley Snipes. He is just having the time of his yep. life. He is just having so much fun. You could feel it. He's not taking himself too seriously, but it's serious enough that... It's not a mockery right. of what it was supposed to be. I think he does a great job of being also like this like heartless, soulless serial oh, yeah. killer, but still like charming. I he's, I think it's I think he does a great job. He's going for it. And he's the only one to me that is going for it in the movie and it seems to fit. Yeah, like, yeah. It, he it, has it's this perfect amount, perfect amount of crazed charisma, where he, you know, he's a scumbag. You know, he's this evil fuck, and you still kind of are rooting for him, just because you don't want him to not be in the movie because he's the one that's kind of getting, yeah. getting there. He looks great. He acts great. He feels great. Simon Phoenix is a fantastic villain character. It's a great villain. And I give all the credit to to Wesley Snipes for it. So Snipes is the MVP. Yeah. Like I said, my my runner up would be Nigel Hawthorne. I thought he did a good job as Cocteau. Um, I really don't. I mean, some of the other bit players. I'll never hear me say a bad thing about Glenn Shaddix. Um, just because I feel like I feel like he was the James Corden of his time, and I feel like James Corden, even being in the same conversation as him, is an abomination. Uh, so why did you make that comparison? Just because they both kind of have the same je ne sais quoi about them. You know what I mean. Uh, just because they're both hefty? <laughs> hefty and effeminate, yes. <laughs> uh, Alright, so Wesley Snipes is the MVP of um, Demolition Man. LVP. I have two. I'm leaning towards one heavier than the other. Um, But... I don't think it was Sandra Bullock. She's one of my two. I, think, I don't think it was Sandra Bullock. I think that she was one of the worst choices to deliver so many of the lines that she had to do. She did not have the cadence, especially with the way that she had to be that character to deliver so much of the data 
and information and reaction she had to do. It is a grating, saccharine as hell performance that does not fit at all. She was my number one with a bullet choice. Oh, I see what you did there. Until. <laughs> number one with a bullock. Number one with a bullock. <laughs> Until Dennis Leary talked in the movie. So Dennis Leary, like you said earlier, he was just Dennis Leary. He was just Dennis Leary in a sewer. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Leary stealing some food. Like, it was, he wasn't a character. It just was his stand-up routine about, it's just the asshole song put into a character that doesn't fit his personality or his look at all. It didn't need, and it didn't need to be. It didn't no. need to be that. No. It It honestly would have been better served if it wasn't so grating or such a harsh character. As soon as, soon as like, the, um, what are the name of the, the underground people? The Scraps? Or the, yeah, the Scraps. The, scra- the Scraps, the, the scraps like, kind of corner them, and he starts going into his tirade. I'm just like... You know, put these people underground. <laughs> like, if this is what they're fighting for. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, I think that the... I, I, I get it. I but... get it. But I think someone else could have done, like, if you had a softer um, a yeah. softer disposition, yeah. I think it would have gone farther in terms of getting that messaging across of we're doing this from a morality standpoint, not cause not, not, you know, as we don't agree, but it's like, why should, why should that be what our society is? I think a softer touch would have really one been a good foil against a John Absolutely. Spartan yep. and a, and a, uh, Simon Phoenix. Um, yeah, instead I, of, I think in, it's a softer touch just... that needed that was needed in that It role. made that whole group and that whole kind of like C plot. It was just. I did, didn't yeah. care about it at all. Yeah. And every time he came into a scene and had to talk, he's not a great actor. And he just. I mean, we never watched. What was that show that he did? Rescue Me? We never watched that. He, I, I, mean, I think heard in his later he years. Did, between that and I like the little well. bit of SVU. Uh, not SVU. Organized Crime that we saw him on. Oh, for yeah, Law yeah, and Order. yeah, yeah. And I think he's good in The Amazing Spider Man as well. I think he's. I think he grew into it as kind of like an elder statesman. But early on, he, he very much was just being. Himself. That, he was basically being Bill yeah. Hicks. Yeah, yeah. He stole Bill Hicks' entire routine for everything. So he was just doing Bill Hicks on movies as well. So yeah, he he would end up being my LVP. I think Sandra Bullock owes him a debt of gratitude because I do think she is bad enough to get it, but she is trying. Like I, she gets an A for effort. A for she effort. She gets a D minus for execution. Whereas Leary, you know, I don't. I think he's a detriment to the movie's overall emotional core because mm. he's just being. You can't root for him. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. Yeah, work. you don't want. The scraps to win. Yeah. Like when... if that was if that was the Bill Cobb character, the the older. Um... Oh, 100%. like I think that kind of fits. Like... I think that would have been a lot better. He's like much more calm, much more. It's almost like that reservedness that yeah. you need for that kind of leadership. And he's like, yeah. I never asked to be a leader, but I I am because they need me, right? Yeah. That's the kind of personality you want. You don't want the brash, outspoken one. So, yeah, I would agree. So, we're going Dennis Leary? Yeah. Okay, Dennis Leary, the LVP of Demolition Man. Um, what else on this movie? I, I did recently find out 
um, or saw it in a store somewhere. There are Demolition Man toys. I would like to get a Simon Phoenix mint on card figure if I could find one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's... It, it gave us a lot. I mean, honestly, a lot of this... This movie does have a cult following. Absolutely. And it, it, it was better received than I could imagine. I mean, you figure that... You, Dennis Rodman owes Simon Phoenix his entire his entire later, later half of his career absolutely in terms of look and in uh, mood and yeah outlook on absolutely everything. absolutely uh, and these movies always stay in they always stay in the conversation because they managed uh, believe it or not to be a little bit. Uh, foreshadowing of what is to come. <laughs> and Absolutely. When and you, when you hit that, you're always going to get talked about. Just, always going to get talked about, um, for sure. Yeah, like, the fact that there's a big legacy section on this Wikipedia page that's not yeah. just about, like, Wesley Snipes' hair, but Oculus Rift. Uh, Taco Bell did the, the 25th anniversary uh-huh, of the thing uh-huh. at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Uh, Restrictive Future Society... Libertarian manifestos. People have said it's the only plausible dystopian vision of our time. Yeah. Uh, the shortage of the toilet paper at the end of practice of shaking hands due to COVID protocols. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... It, I per, to say it, it, but... It really did... It really did kind of predict a lot, cement a lot. Yeah. Anything else on Demolition Man? Yeah, I just double check my notes here. Um, no, I think I think we covered everything. I think we covered everything. Well, I nominated it, so you were going to score it first. Look, it's a good time. It's not it's not like the best movie ever made, but it's a good time. There were a lot of flaws that we obviously pointed out. Um, but look, I would say it's better than average. I'm going to give this movie a Seven. That's that's nice. Uh, but I I have a lot of fun with this movie. <laughs> I still do not like this movie. I I think this movie is misguided. You're misguided at its core from the people that are off camera. Like the writing and the directing. And the music and like everything that surrounds the performers trying their best at what they're given for, for the most part fails them mm. and leads to what I think is a very, very on paper, interesting and exciting premise to end up being a total hodgepodge of 90s <sighs> pop gaga. <laughs> Uh, it does, like I said, it, this is probably the most I've ever enjoyed watching this movie. Mm. And this is saying something because w- w- right as we watched this movie, we just had a big fight. <laughs> so I was not in the mood as well oh, yeah. to really we even have... enjoy this movie. What did we fight about? Oh, just everything. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, through it all, I was able to kind of have a bit of a better appreciate, appreciation of his usual. 
That said, I'm still only giving it a four and a half. Oh, my God. So, so I still think it is a below average movie as a whole. So I believe that's a five... What is that? 5.25. 5.25 for Demolition Man. Um, I'm sorry, 5.75. Oh, shit. I started writing that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the long and the short of it for me. So you give it a seven? Yes. And I give it a four. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, five point seven five for Demolition Man. See, that that's way too high to me. But you know, that's. Are you sure that's right? Mm. Eleven and a half divided by two. Mm. Eleven and a half divided by two. Five point seven five. No, four point five plus seven divided by two is yeah five point seven five. Told you. Uh. Excellent. So next week we'll do Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Then we have our Halloween... Halloween, good lord. Our holiday movies. Our Halloween movie. No, that was right. Halloween. Uh, that we selected and randomly drew. We got Love Lights Hanukkah and Deck of the Heart. And then it is your birthday, Samantha. It is time because it is just four weeks away for you to unveil to the people. Oh what no, I'm not ready for this. You want to watch for your birthday, which will be airing on your birthday of Christmas Eve. Oh boy, this is a lot we'll of. But watch it before that. But what are we watching? This is a lot of pressure for your birthday. Um. Okay, what are we watching for my birthday? So, and I can pick anything, right? You can pick anything. But it's it, not a multiple movie. One and done. It's just a one and yeah. done. Like, I already picked Oppenheimer, which we do now own. So, that is already queued up and in the barrel, in the, in the tank for us to watch uh-huh. in uh-huh. early January. I'll probably watch it before then. Okay, so I'm going to pick... Um, to watch on my birthday. Um, I think I'm going to pick something that um, I hope will be relevant. Movie that I love, that mm-hmm. I've been wanting to watch again. Uh, Willy Wonka and uh, The Chocolate Factory. Okay. Ahead of the Wonka movie. Uh, so we'll watch the original out. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Fairy. We'll watch that with Jillian because I don't think she's ever watched it. I don't think she's ever watched it. I think she'll like it. She's into Roald Dahl. Excellent. Um, so I think that's a, that's going to be my birthday movie. I think okay. that's a nice. I like that movie a lot. So we got Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Love Lights Hanukkah, Deck the Heart, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and then we're going to end the year with Fast X, wrapping it up. Yeah, I think that's a really yeah. good cadence of uh, movies. And then we'll have, um, we'll start the year after our mullet nominations with Oppenheimer and then the Top Gun franchise. And then we will have whatever movie I pick from the two you're nominating right now. All right, so I didn't know going into this that I would have so many things on my plate mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm going to nominate, I was going to nominate two movies with similar names, but then I, I, Realized I couldn't nominate one of them. So that kind of threw that whole thing off there. Um, I was going to do... Did I already nominate... On the camp pick list is is, uh, Game Night's on there, right? Yes. Yeah, Game Night's on there. So I can't do that. Um, Let me look at my list here. Possible nominations. Where I'm going to nominate... I'm going to nominate a movie we saw... Um, when are, when is this airing? January. Any particular uh, time? Around the Rumble time. 
Around the rumble time. Oh, man. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be rumble weekend, technically. Oh, technically rumble weekend. Um, I'm going to nominate Won't You Be My Neighbor. The, okay. The Mr. Rogers Mr. documentary. Mr. Rogers documentary that we saw okay. in theaters. And uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, Dogma, which I don't think is on the camp pick list. It's not for a reason. Because the view askew of the Jay and Silent Bob of it all kind of make them connected. So but we've never the, really tackled But none of the Ernest movies are connected. That's totally different because they don't kind of refer back to things that happen. Like, Dogma directly references chasing Amy and those characters' backgrounds. You know what I mean? Trust me. I love Dogma. All right, I want to so watch it. let me nominate it. something else then. So Won't You Be My Neighbor is going to be nominated against... Um, it's going to be nominated again. I think I already nominated that one, so I can't nominate that one again. Uh, Date Night. Oh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> I was originally... I was going to pick it over Dogma anyway, just because... Game Night and Date Night, but... I, I would have been clever, and I yeah, would have loved to watch Game Night. You know, I didn't even know we owned a Date Night, if I'm 100% honest. Uh, so won't you be my neighbor, uh, the, the, the Mr. Rogers, wait, no, oh, hold on, no, okay, I'm thinking A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is the Tom Hanks movie, Won't You Be My Neighbor is the documentary. That's correct. Okay, alright, just want to make sure, that's what you intended to nominate, was not the, was the documentary, not the Tom Hanks movie. The Won't You Be My Neighbor movie we saw in the theater. Yes, okay, just making sure. Yeah. Because they came out around the same time, it got a little confusing, I, I don't. We own them both? We do, yes. A beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Yes. But Won't You Be My Neighbor is the movie that we will watch. So, excellent. Uh, also, I can go ahead and announce that sometime in uh, probably February, we'll be doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for the podcast because uh, Jillian is getting it for Christmas, and that'll be part of our but don't tell. wrap it up. Yeah, don't, don't spoil Christmas for my child. Um, awesome. We're, we're strapped and ready to go through January. On the show. We got That's a lot gross. to do, a lot to watch. That's gross, man. And we will get to it when we get to it. But for now, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. I swear, sometime soon, the Neil Breen series will start because not only have we watched Twisted Pair and not only have we watched Faithful Findings, but just last night... We watched Neil Breen's pass through. We did something last night, but I don't think it was watch a movie. I don't even know if that one might be one we can't even air because there. I just make noises. I it's think, just nonsensical. It's the most nonsensical. Well, I guess it makes sense. We have nonsense over that nonsense. Um. So yeah, so all that could be uh, listened to on Patreon uh, very very soon. Facebook.com slash MarriedMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedMovies at gmail.com. That's what you think of the show. Uh, for me, you can find me at HeroSmall38 on Instagram. At Jam with your Sam. Fantastic. And be on the lookout for some Podsold episodes coming out here probably uh, in December and January for end of the year uh, and Rumble stuff. Uh, it's that time of year. Rumble. Rumble, right? Christmas tree goes up. Sure, I'm thinking of presents or I'm thinking of your birthday. I'm really thinking about taking that some bitch down in like four weeks' time, and then there being another three weeks until the rumble. Especially after yesterday. What happened yesterday? I'm not getting into it here. 
Oh, okay. I mean, nobody really cares anyway who listens to this. So, uh, that's fine. Yeah. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I'm very proud of you. I did it. It was the least amount of fun I've ever had doing <laughs> I'm kidding. It, it was fine. It was good. It was all right. I hated it. <laughs> you were so fake. The whole time. The, the whole time I was waiting to just be like, man, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>